Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. How are you doing? Today, we're going to bring in energy worker, Corey Corrigan, and she's going to talk to us about her book. She has a book out. She has a coaching practice, and I can't wait to talk to Corey because it's going to be amazing to hear all the different energy ways that we can change ourselves and continue to grow. So, hey, Corey, how are you doing? Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing good. Why good, is good? Good, good. So good to be here. All right. Well, I appreciate it so much. Because, you know, we, we've met a while and, and I really love all the energy work. And it's definitely one of those things that most people might not believe at the beginning and you yeah. have to experience it. So I, I am definitely you. saying that everybody should be find Corey and find some time to get an opportunity to work with Corey. It, it really is life changing and in, in a great way. It's absolutely like people don't, like you said, people don't realize it. Maybe you've never heard of it. Maybe you've heard of it and you don't know exactly what it means or whatever. And so, I mean, just experiencing it in general is, uh, is a cool process for sure. How did you get into, you know, even just experiencing it the first time? It's extremely interesting because, you know, kind of a little bit of my background is I was in dental for got almost 20 years right and so you know a little bit son's journey with mental health issues and you know by the time he was 16 he had attempted suicide for the third time and so which is part of what I touch on in my book where I went shit like I gotta figure something out I gotta do something from home which obviously dental's not the thing I can't you know do that and so I left my job and I started being, I was at home with my son. I had an ice cream store, you know, did some other things. And Reiki was something when we talk about energy work, I had never really paid attention to. I had heard it a couple of times, had no idea what it was, did not know what it did, what it felt like, how to describe it. I didn't know anything about it, but it had come up a couple of times and I had gone to a bookstore and, um, you know, somebody would walk past me or whatever and a book fell on the floor and I bent over to pick it up. And of course it's a Reiki book. And um, then I knew somebody that I had worked with in dental that I had seen her post for a level one class she was doing. And I was like, okay, obviously this is what I meant to do, where I'm meant to go, whatever. And so I took the level one class and I went back and, you know, I started doing Reiki with everybody and anybody. So I put it out on my Facebook, anybody want a session? I just want, you know, because if you know anything about Reiki, your level one, in order for you to register um, with the Reiki Association, you need 24 hours of case studies. So I was like, I'll just give it away to all the people and collect the case studies. And then this process will be go faster. And so it took me a couple of times of doing, you know, Reiki on people before I actually started realizing the energy component and what I was feeling. And, you know, 
And I remember sitting at my kitchen table and one of the women I had come out of the room with, I, you know, the session was completely quiet and I had come out of the room and I said, you know, I have like a lot of back pain when I was in there, which I can't explain because I didn't have back pain. And I was like, do you slouch a lot? Like, are you, you're always at the computer or, you know, whatever. And she's like, no. And I said, well, I can't, I can't really understand it. And so we had talked through from an energy perspective rather than a physical perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, which chakra the pain that I was feeling was associated with and what that chakra held as far as like, you know, junk in your trunk and all of that stuff. And that was the component. And she was like, that's it. That's the thing. And so now fast forward, like nine months or whatever it is, and I go back for my level two, because now I think this is the coolest shit in the country. (laughs) I go back for my level two and I say to my Reiki master, oh my God, this is so cool. This is what's happening to me. Like I'm feeling what people are holding on to on an energetic level. I feel physically like I get back pain or headaches or blurry eyes or like my hip starts to hurt or whatever. And she's like, mm, not, not, that's not Reiki. Like pe- normal people in like Reiki, traditional Reiki, that's not how that's described. And I was like, well, then I don't know what I've been doing, but this is what's normal for me in a Reiki session. And so then I started talking to people and saying to people like, this isn't traditional Reiki. Apparently I do something completely different. There is that Reiki component, but I'm coaching as well. And I'm in your energy. And all of a sudden, one day, it was like this light bulb went off that it's the energy reading and healing component rather than just the specific, you know, Reiki. And so I started leaning more into energy readings, energy clearings, kind of more of that. And then, you know, like you and I were just talking about, I'm a patterns and habits. Like for me, it's like a connect, connect the dots. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden people would be talking and I'm in their energy and we're working through stuff. And all of a sudden it just like appears as like a picture for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this thing is because of that experience, which happened at that time in your life, which developed this belief and, you know, so on and so forth. And now I'm an energy alignment coach. So they're just, you know, helping people align with what you want. And it's, you know, I did a post on Facebook, I think, you know, this last week about alignment and a very powerful uh, quote that I heard from somebody when I was doing a masterclass was that like, we're never out of alignment. You're always in alignment. The question is, what are you in alignment with? Is it something that you want or something that you don't want? And I was like, that's very powerful to me, you know, because that's the thing, like you are aligned to something. Is it chaos and overwhelm and trauma and like, you know, victimhood, or is it your dreams and desires and what you want? There's, there's that healthy balance, right? Yeah, no, that's the whole part of it, right? We need to find that healthy balance. And that's where, how it was explained to me was about, you know, if you ever use the word damned, that, you know, damned just means you're blocked. Doesn't mean, you know, you know, you're going to hell or things like that. You're you're blocked. (laughs) Or if your chakra is blocked, um, it'll still flow through, right? When you, when the, when the river is dammed, it's not completely dammed or yeah. when it is, it has to burst open. And, you know, again, depending on what energies you're putting to it, towards it, you know, those, that self-talk is one of those totally. powerful pieces. 
And that's the thing you think about, and I say this to people all the time, right? Think about that self-talk. Think about the conversations around you. Think about all the things that you talk to people about. Your energy goes where your thoughts are. The more you're thinking about it, the more you're going to see it. And so people say all the time, oh, well, you know, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, because you created it on some level with where your thoughts were going and, you know, how you're feeling about it. And one of the things I, I say to people is like, think about when you're going to buy a car, right? You know nothing about your the type of car that you're going to buy. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this car. And so, for instance, last year I bought a Honda HRV. I had never freaking heard of this vehicle in my life, like ever. And so even other people, like when I would say to people, oh, I'm getting a new car and this is what I'm getting, they'd go, you mean the CRV? And I'm like, no, no, it says HRV on the back. Like that's right. Like other people had never heard of it. And yet the second I committed to buying this car, I saw them everywhere. Like I'd be on the highway and there'd be like three or four of us in a row. Because where you focus is what you see. So if you're going to create something, if energetically you're going to put your thoughts and your feelings and your actions into something, why would you want it to be something you don't want? Why not just equally transfer that into whatever you do want? Give your thoughts and your feelings and your energy to something that you actually desire to live with and you know live as and then see how that works out for you. Yeah, no, a lot of people work with out of the state of fear, you, you know, what yeah. you had mentioned, where your alignments, you have to know why you're saying what you're saying. And did you really mean it this way? You know, yeah. again, you know, like I, I told you the story beforehand is I was like, oh, my God, I, I couldn't find, you know, a certain type of series of guests. And then all of a sudden I, I put it out there and now I'm like, oh boy, you know, you need to find that balance. And it's totally amazing. It's completely amazing how we, we, we find that balance. Yeah. And I think it, you know, kind of goes into that surrendering component, right? Yeah. Surrender is something for me recently that comes up over and over and over again. And again, probably because that's where I'm focusing my attention is in that surrendering to the process listening to the surrender experiment like a lot of my conversations are about that surrender piece and it's just it'll be what it'll be so instead of trying to hold really tightly to like it has to look this specific way you know I say even to clients of mine if you say I want to make a thousand dollars a month or ten thousand dollars a month technically they're saying the same thing it's money is energy it is what it is but if it you're, you know, you've defined it to only look this way. If I showed up on your doorstep and handed you a check for a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, are you going to decline it and go, no, it didn't come in the form that I planned. I had to have this specific thing. No, you're going to take the ten thousand dollars or the thousand dollars or whatever, right? And just be grateful you got it. So it's really just surrendering to the process. You know, you want people to come as guests on your podcast, where they come from doesn't matter you want the guests right like so even the words that you were saying you know it is what it is right so you yeah. can take that too but you can take that two ways so take that it is what it is as a negative is like okay I, I i'm powerless or you can go it is right. what it is i'm just waiting right you rub your hands and i'm yeah Jeannie, come on down and it's really one of those magical things about the universe and how energy moves with you 
with that yeah. in that way. It's it's how you see it, and then that's that part of that surrender. And I always say, trust the process. You yes. Know, when, you know, when I'm working with somebody, I'm like, just trust me. Listen to the process, and when they come back the next week and they're like, well, it didn't work. Did you listen to what the process was, and did you follow the process? Yes. Well, I sort of did it. Well, okay, if I sort of yeah. cooked dinner and I only give you raw meat, then I sort of, I took it out, I defrosted it. I sort of gave you dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I'm in a, a masterclass right now. And uh, last week, the facilitator of the class used an example and pregnancy was the thing, right? You're not kind of pregnant, like you are or you're not. And I think everything in life is very much like, like you are in or you're not. Like, where are you putting your energy or not? And it's not this gray area of like, well, you know, I believe in the process and I'm trusting the process, but I've also got a backup plan. Well, then you're not trusting of the process because you would need a backup plan, right? right? So it's that like, go all in with your dreams, with your goals, with your desires. And when that resistance comes up, that energy component where fear kicks in and you're holding back or, you know, you're triggered or something else, seek out the person that helps you work through your shit because it, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's an opportunity for you to grow and see where that will take you once you release, you know, that fear or, you know, whatever it is that's holding you back. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, so I'm going to ask you the, the, the basic question. So with peace and love, right? So yeah. how do you find peace and love? Uh, I think the surrender piece is a big piece, right? Um, I'm a big routines person. I like my routines. So in the morning, I have my specific routine. It's not time-based, right? So I don't have to get up at seven o'clock. Whatever time I get up, I start my routine. I do the same things every day. Uh, you know, meditation, journaling, yoga, those kinds of things. And then nighttime is the same thing. Everything in between that is really just surrendering to like, what am I supposed to do? And where am I supposed to be? And yeah, there's parts of that that are planned, obviously, with, you know, things being timed and client calls and stuff like that. But for the most part, I just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And so that's the, I think that's the piece is that if I'm not setting my day up, then I'm not in flow. And so I have to have that, that morning routine, that time for me that sets up my day. Yeah, I, I think that's always a good idea to just have some sort of boundaries. It doesn't have to be that, you know, at 7.01, you better wake up, 7.02, yeah. you better pee, 7.03, you pee, and, and all that. It's really just, okay, I get ish, right? You, yeah. you get up and you figure it out. You know, you, you might have your three or four tasks that need to get done that day. And then everything else is somewhere in the beginning. Well, it's funny because I, you know, a lot of what we do as employees is very time-based, right? Like you're working, you clock in at nine o'clock, you clock out for lunch back in, you're done at five or whatever your shift is, three to 11 or whatever it works out to be. And when you leave that space and you become an entrepreneur, you try to take that with you, that structured way of business. But I want to like, draw attention to the fact that the reason you're not an employee, the reason you are an entrepreneur is because you want that freedom. You want that flexibility. You want that independence to be on the road and do the thing. So use the schedule that works for you. It doesn't have to be nine to five or 10 to four, or like whatever it is. 
let it be what it is for you. Sleep in until you wake up. If you're a morning person, utilize your mornings. If you're a night person, utilize your nights. It doesn't, you don't have to work during the day and, you know, forego this and fit into somebody else's idea of like what works for them. Do what works for you. That's awesome. And that is so true as an entrepreneur and depending on what you're doing, that's, I think yeah. that gives everybody the freedom, right? It, it gives you freedom, but it also gives you structure. You get to create your life and move your energy in the right way. Yeah. Well, and you think about like as an energy alignment coach, right? If you are somebody who is, loves the nights and you are more inspired, like there are days where I have more inspiration between the hours of like seven and 10, then I can muster up three days worth the energy, right? Utilize that, do what works for you. And if you're trying to cram your stuff into like a seven to three day, but your inspiration comes at nighttime, how in alignment is your energy? You're way out of whack because you're trying to fit into a box that isn't designed by you. So design it in a way that works for you. Take your mornings and your daytimes, do what you want with them. And when you know like seven to 10 is my inspiration hits, Maybe that's the time you write all your social media posts or send out all your emails or, you know, all of that stuff, because that's the part that people are connecting to. When we talk about energy, the energy you put out there is the energy people feel. And so if you're sitting down to write a post and you're like, shit, I don't want to do this. This is the last thing I want to be doing right now, but I got to get it out because I got to get it under the wire. Like it's almost 12 o'clock. I'm pushing my timeline. People are feeling that when they're reading your posts. And then, you know, how are you connecting to your people? How are you getting the people you want or the message out there that you want people to hear? Whereas if you just wrote it at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or six o'clock, whatever works for you, people are also feeling the energy of you being in flow, of you enjoying that component of your business. Yeah, I, I've been feeling that lately, you know, with all the balancing and I, what I've been doing is like, no, I need to then walk around. So in, in the space yeah. that I'm working is just to have that flow and keep that flow moving a little bit better. Definitely. Do you have Definitely. any advice that you, you would give to somebody who is feeling that anxious besides come talk to Corey? Yeah. <laughs> right I think anxiety is a big, is a big component, right? Like people look at anxiety as this big picture, but it actually is like, what is it that you are anxious about? Is it that the fear of rejection? Is it the fear of judgment? Is it the, you know, what if I say it wrong? What if I do it wrong? Like there's a lot of components that will bring on um, anxiety. And so the question is like, what are you anxious about? And, you know, a lot of people do well with journaling. And so really just kind of write that question at the top of the page. And I say to my clients all the time, I don't care what comes out. And if you're not a writer, do it on your voice memo on your phone or, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what comes out. It, you could say purple elephants, purple elephants. This is so ridiculous. I don't know why I'm writing. This is the dumbest thing ever. But if you commit to writing for 15 minutes with your question at the top, like, why am I anxious? What is, what am I resisting? Why am I feeling this way or that way or whatever, Right. And you're writing that out and you're doing that, you will get the answer. 
it might not be in the first five minutes. The first five minutes, your ego part of you is going to kick in with that. This is stupid. This is the dumbest thing. Why am I doing this? I'm wasting time. I could be doing something better. All that's going to try to take over, but stay with it 15 to 20 minutes, no matter what. And somewhere near the end, you generally will get an answer. And a lot of people come back and say to me, it's that like, you know, aha moment, that holy shit, I can't believe that's the thing. Because sometimes, most times, it's the stupidest thing that you never would have thought. Like, we always think it's got to be this deep, you know, deep rooted mommy daddy issue somewhere, this really profound like breakthrough. Sometimes it's super simple, like Susie got picked before me in the basketball game or like whatever. Sometimes it's just this really simple thing that then, you know, over time becomes a bigger issue. And so it's really just sticking with it until that answer comes. Yeah, no, it's exactly it. There's so many different ways to figure it out and to find out what, what the challenge is. Yeah. Now, so challenges, I, I know you a little bit, so you, you've obviously <laughs> uh, experienced some challenges in your life. Uh -huh. How have you risen from it? Because it's not about that everybody goes through challenges. It's yeah. you know, right now, you know, you're definitely, uh, as I would say, as a, as a phoenix, you're definitely flying. You're definitely into those uh, past the ashes right now. And so how do you do, how do you get up from that? You know, explain to us what you've done and, and you know, you don't have to go into too much detail. Yeah. But it's interesting because in those moments, right, I think the key is one step at a time, one day at a time, one moment at a time, and string a whole bunch of ones together and you get something, you know, profound, you get success, you get, you know, what, what you're looking for. Um, you know, if we go back in my childhood, when I was 16, I was in an extremely abusive relationship and I thought there was no way in hell I was getting out of it. I thought, you know, heaven and earth was going to fall apart before I was ever going to survive. But when it came time to like, you know, seeing these little moments of opportunities to get out and get away and, you know, take this action, it was really just like one day at a time, one decision at a time, one moment. And, you know, it wasn't the last struggle that I had. I, you know, had struggles with my son, with his mental health issues. And same thing. It's like, what, what can I do today? And it's very much in how I relate in business also, right? I have this every Monday, I sit down and it's, what can I do this week? What impact do I want to have by the time I get to the end of the week? And what is today's most important task on that list? If I want to feel accomplished by the end of my workday, whatever time that is, what do I want to have accomplished? That's the thing I focus my energy on. And so I think my struggles very much were like that. Like, where do I want to be in the end of this? And what's one thing today that I can do to move forward? What's one thing that I can control? And so, you know, I know a lot of times in challenging times when we're in that struggle, we feel very hopeless and very much like we are not in control of what is happening around us. Because a lot of the times we, you know, what we would say is if we were in control, we wouldn't be here, right? I wouldn't be doing this if I could control what the outcome was going to be. But what can you control? There might be 20 decisions that you cannot control, 20 things that are happening to you that you have no control over. 
but what can you control? And most days, that might just be your reaction to a situation, the way that you handle a situation, the words that you use, whether you flip out or you don't, whether you leave your home or don't, you know, whatever that is, but just take one decision, one moment, one challenge, one day at a time. And you'll look back and go, holy shit, like, how did I make it out of that? Well, because you didn't look at it as a whole. That's when we get into overwhelm. Like I've got 50,000 decisions to make. Well, yeah, nobody wants to make 50,000 decisions and fear kicks in and judgment. And what if I do it wrong? And all these other things stops us from moving. But what if you just look at it one decision instead of 50,000? What one thing can I do today? That's awesome. Uh, so now what happens when I go, when I walk into your office and I go, I don't know, I have so many things going on. How do you parse down, you know, the, oh my God, everything's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where being an energy reader is super fantastic because even when you come to me and say, oh, it's these five things are my problem. Being in your energy, I'm actually going to decipher the thing that is the problem. And nine times out of 10, it's not a thing that's made it to your list. It's not because when we think about patterns and habits, they're all our limiting beliefs. They're all formed in our childhood that we have practiced over and over and over again through our lives. And so you come to me and say, I'm in the middle of a breakup and I'm about to lose my job. And, you know, my children are doing this and my friends are doing that. And like my business, holy shit, I don't know what to do. And for me, it's very simple because I take the common thread of all of those things, which we can't see for ourselves. I can't even see most times for myself. I have somebody that I go to because emotion and how close we are to a situation determines how you know we can see and our ability to see the truth in a situation sometimes. And so I'm able to see the common thread in all of that and what belief, what experience, what thing in your childhood or you know previous point in your life that that has, has come through for you. And then that's where we heal it, right? So you know, my logo is a dandelion for a reason because it, it is that there's so many things where people say, you know, you can see a field of dandelions as, you know, a thousand weeds, or you can see it as 10,000 wishes. Yeah. And it's totally true. When you, when we're kids, we all do this. We pick the dandelion as it becomes that like white thing and we blow it. And if you can blow all the seeds off in one go, like you're a rock star, right? Like, not realizing as a child, those are seeds. Those are planting more dandelion plants. And so that's the whole thing is you take the parts of you that right now maybe are working against you, maybe aren't working in your favor. We take those and we turn them around to A, either heal them and release them, or B, get them to driving towards your goals in your future. And how can you use that? Right. I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody who was talking about being stubborn. And I said, yeah, great. Stubborn's not a bad quality. It's used as a bad quality. And if you use it in a negative way, sure, it's a bad quality. But you also can be stubborn in a really good way that, you know, is great for your goals, is great for where you're headed. Question is, where are you putting your energy? Are you, you know, do you see it as a negative quality? Then it's going to be one. Right. That's that thing of bring a bat. Right. You know, yeah. it, it's, you know, a, a bat. When I first started explaining it, there were people who were like, oh, that's violent. People aren't going to like it. Yeah. People are not going to like it. And I go, no, it's just about taking a stand 
And yeah. uh, speaking of taking a stand, what I, one of the questions I want to ask you, so if I came to you and you didn't know me mm-hmm. and I, I'm resistant on energy healing or even just any sort of any sort of energy work, am I allowed to, and, and not that you, you would give me permission, but personally, can I withhold areas that you would not be allowed to look at? Yeah. So a lot of people look at energy and I think just the maybe the name that spirituality has kind of been given and, you know, the um, reputation, I guess, that it has is that people give very generic information and we buy into this, you know, the bullshit side of it, which, you know, can be very true. However, there is that component that you always are in control. And so when I say to people, it's interesting because when I start a session with people, I'll say, you know, at some point I'm going to, obviously I'm going to be in your energy. If you don't want it, you wouldn't come to me for one. But the way I get in there is a very generic, like, hey, how are you? What have you been up to this week? Tell me about your weekend. Like what's going on in your life? Because you have the ability to completely block me and say, like, don't, she's not coming in. In which case I'm not getting in, right? I do it all the time. If I go out, like I would be a disaster because I can feel a lot of stuff. And so if I walk out my door and I open myself up to feeling a lot of stuff, then I wouldn't leave my house probably, (laughs) right? So you have the ability to stop you from feeling other people, but you also have the ability to stop other people from feeling you. And so you do have to be open to the experience. You, you know, if you get on a call and go, oh, she's not getting in, she's not getting in, she's not getting in. Guess what? I'm not getting in. Like, <laughs> you know. And so it's it's good and bad. You can make sure that your energy is protected and people are not attaching to you or you know, sending you negative vibes or like all this other kind of stuff, right? And explain it to people. Think about how many times you've gone to the grocery store. And you're standing in line and the person in front of you or behind you is a jackass. And you, the more you are in that line, the more irritated you are getting. It isn't yours. You're picking up on the energy of what's around you. And so being able to say, I'm not taking that on is a super powerful thing. But then you also have the ability to block other people from, you know, connecting in with you too. Right. And, and it's really the connection, like you just said, it's really a connection. It's, you know, you're just, it's, it's flowing through you. I mean, it's really an optimal servant leader, ser- servant relationship is that, yeah. you know, it's not you, you have the ability to, and, and most people have the ability to do it, but they don't trust it. That's where yeah. moving it out. And so like, you know, like, I know, you know, you and I have spoken that, you know, I was like, well, you and I had like a little uh, side session and I'm like, remember that? And you're like, no, it, 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 it doesn't, you know, like, and, and it's not anything personal. It just, it, it just flows through you. It, it's really the yeah. energy flows through you and you're kind of the communicator. Because the thing is, and a lot of people say this to me, the number one question I think that I get is, aren't you exhausted? No, because it's not me. It's not my energy. It's not, you know, it's about whatever you believe is bigger and better than us, right? So whether you believe it's God or source or energy or universe or whatever you call it, big bang theory, it doesn't really make a difference. At the end of the day, 99% of us all believe there is something bigger and better than us. 
right? And so all I'm doing is allowing that to use me to tell you what your energy already wants you to know. We all could do it for ourselves. I could do it for myself. But we have that fear, that block, that component that goes, no, that can't be right. So we need somebody else to say, and then, you know, how many times have we said, oh shit, I already knew that. Oh my God, I was already there. I already went to go do the thing. Cause we already know sometimes it takes one person to say it. Sometimes it takes 100 people to say it, but you know, it's just whenever we're ready for the information is when the information actually clicks. Yep. The teacher appears when the student is ready. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, I, uh, is there any seeds? I mean, you've given us so much like, uh, you know, and you've really explained it really well. And that was sort of the, the purpose of all this. And uh, you have this amazing book on how you, you've gotten through some really tremendous things as a parent, seeing your, your child go through. And it's always tough to have a, a child go through anything as a parent, even when they first are born and they have their first fever, like <laughs> oh my God, the worst, the worst thing in the world. Um, how did you get through the, the situation? I mean, your son had tried to hurt himself a couple of times. Yeah, so it's interesting because, um, and again, the number one feedback I get is that it wasn't anything that I was doing to control my son, right? So my son struggled. And again, by the time he was 16, he had attempted suicide for the third time. He was struggling. He was a cutter. He was, you know, really having a rough go at it. I was a single parent. And so trying to navigate work and home and, you know, like you're saying, like a ton of fears of like, am I doing the right thing? I'm the only person seeing these behavior changes. Am I losing my mind? Am I crazy? Am I projecting? Is this real? You know, all of these other things. And and I explain, you know, in my book also, there are a couple of other, you know, family background things. My grandmother was schizophrenic. And so mental health was, you know, always a thing for us in my family. And so when I started to do the work, when I really started to kind of figure my stuff out, it was about me, right? Like, what was I doing to contribute to the situation? What was I doing to enhance and if we think about for a moment you know a small child having a temper tantrum right they're more likely to have a temper tantrum in the middle of a store or in public somewhere or in front of an audience because they know the first thing you're going to do is give them what they want right and so when we talk about mental health and my son and, and his struggles there was a component of that where I went what am I doing to contribute to this are there things that I would give into that normally I'd be like, heck no. What language was I using with him? What, you know, a lot of things were like, again, going back to that, what is in my control? His behavior, not in my control. What he's doing or not doing is not in my control, like at all. So what can I control? I can control my reaction to it. I can control my words around it. I can control the conversations I'm having. You know, when we, and it's one of the major stories that I use when I work with parents and I teach them things to help with that reconnection to your child, right? One of the things we're very aware of when we have super small children is swearing. 
right? We don't want to swear because we don't want our children for the first word that they say to be a swear word of any kind. And so we're very aware of what happens. We're very aware that they are these little magnets and sponges that pick up everything we say. And at some point in our parenting, we think our children lose that. They don't. They're 18. They're still being sponges, picking up your behaviors, your thoughts, your actions, what you're doing and how you're doing it. And with my son, that was super obvious because once I started changing and I started working on me, what are my patterns? What are my habits? What are my fears that I'm projecting on him? What are the languages that I'm using that, you know, is exaggerating this situation or adding to an already out of control situation? How can I pull that back? How can I work within what I have to control? And all of a sudden, you know, my son started doing the same stuff. I would meditate. It's part of my morning routine. It's part of my evening routine. But at the time, sleep Anybody who has, has mental illness or, you know, has somebody in their lives that has mental illness, and I don't think anyone is exempt from either knowing or being the person, right? Like, I think it touches every home. Sleep is something we never get. We never get enough of You're you know, either you're tossing and turning or it's not good quality or you're not getting it at all or whatever it is. So just being able to meditate to sleep was where I started picking a meditation that said, fall asleep fast. I was like, that's the shit I need, right? <laughs> like I need that now. And then I started noticing that Cody would say, Hey mom, I can't sleep. Do you have a meditation? And then I would get a text message that said, Hey, my friend over here can't sleep. What meditation do you recommend? I've already tried this one with them and they don't, it doesn't work for them. So I didn't have to say to him, meditation is the way, it's the answer, it's the key. I didn't have to push my beliefs on him. I just had to do what I needed to do to control me. And part of that was my meditation, my journaling, my internal work, the energy work on me. He saw the changes and he started making them for him. And now like He's going to be 20 in May and he has no suicidal tendencies. And I'm not saying like it's the end all be all answer for everybody in life, right? But it is a starting point and it does work. It just take one step at a time. That's all you've got to do is make one change at a time. And all I did every single day is like, what can I do to control me? And those are the things that I put in my book. Nothing in my book is like, you've got to make your child do X, Y, and Z. It's all about like, here's how you can control you. Here's how you can work on you. Here's how you can rediscover you. Here's how you can plan for you. And it does trickle down. And they are watching. We know that they're watching at two, at one, at five. We forget that they're watching at 16 and 18 and 20, but they are. <laughs> I could hear you talk all day long. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, that, that's why I, I really, you know, I'm gonna keep saying everybody needs to talk to Corey, spend some time with Corey. Uh, you know, I did the, the cord cutting and, you know, I, I tried to, I tried that. I'd never heard about it. I had heard about it. I had never tried it. And right. I was like, what you like have all these resources <laughs> uh, you know 
really I, just there's so many things that I could we could just keep talking uh, about it. Yeah. You know, Corey has so, such information, not only about Reiki, which is where she started all this. And that's what happens. Once you get into that rabbit hole, it opens up a new world for us. And Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's a big part of that. For me, it's a desire to learn. I love to help people, you know. And again, it used to be the thing that crippled me. I was the fixer. I found all the people who were seemingly broken and how could I fix them at a detriment to me? Now I've learned to harness it in a way that actually it's like, I just want to help people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me how broken, so to speak, you think you are. It's like, how can I help you? And I've had people reach out and say, well, what does it cost to work with you? I, I don't know because I don't know your problem. I don't know if I can help you. I don't know if I'm the person. And sometimes it is just a simple meditation. Do this thing. Sometimes it's a journal prompt. Sometimes it's an easy answer. Sometimes it's not. And, you know, I think that until you take that leap of faith, until you go, oh, this is, this is something I'm interested in. What does it mean for me? How does it work for me? What is in my control? We're never going to have the answer. <laughs> Well, and, and that was one of the things that you said to me. I had asked you during one of our, our, our mastermind classes uh, in the in the HUI, right? Uh, yeah. I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? And you're like, just fucking ju do it. Just jump. Yeah. And I'm like, and, you know, like, <laughs> I wanted yeah. something profound. And really within a few weeks, I mean, I've been talking about like this podcast forever. And it really was, like, okay, so then just do it. You had it all. I had the logos since last year, yeah. the, the concepts. I had everything that I was going to do and like, then just do it. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that I've done it. And, and I'm glad that I've spent time sitting with you, uh, not only today, but also in, in my journey. It's great to have somebody like Corey and just keep giving out, you know, these, these seeds of wisdom and some will plant, some will not. And I, I appreciate your time. And as we'll end up the, the show, as I always say, everybody should find some peace, love, but don't forget to bring her back and find your sweet spot. And definitely speak to Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks, Dave. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show. And I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook peace, love, and bring a bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Well, my friends... Today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.